It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Changemakers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. Many in society today constantly criticize girls, leaving them to grow up feeling inadequate, silenced, and like they're not enough. Joining us today is Sadie Radinsky, a major voice in a new generation of people redefining wellness. Sadie is a blogger and recipe creator who has touched the lives of girls and women worldwide with her award-winning website, wholegirl.com. Sadie offers ideas, advice, and practices for young women to help them celebrate all of themselves. She is the author of the book, Whole Girl, Live Vibrantly, Love Your Entire Self, and Make Friends with Food. Welcome, Sadie. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Joan. So excited to be here. So, Sadie, you made your mark on the world by 18 years old. How did you get started doing this work? I got started with this actually nine years before. So I went gluten-free when I was nine because I'd been having these stomach issues for half a year. And going gluten-free actually sparked this exploration into the world of food and cooking and health and well-being. So I started baking myself gluten-free treats. And that sort of got me into the entire world of food. And I discovered how food could not only impact my life on the health level, because going gluten-free completely transformed my health, but it could also bring so much joy and excitement into my life because, you know, cooking gluten-free desserts became my favorite part of life. So this really had a transformation on my life because it made me realize that, you know, our relationships with food as teen girls are often so strained because we are sort of conditioned by society to view food as this shameful thing we have to contend with. But this experience, this positive experience with food, made me realize that it has so much to offer us and that there's a great power in cooking for ourselves that can help it can help us embrace food as a friend. So um, when I was nine, I started baking. When I was 12, I started sharing my recipes on a blog. And then I started writing the book at 14 and sort of infusing my recipes with my ideas about food and overall empowerment and well-being for girls. I think it's such an important message. I mean, I'm a little bit older than you, (laughs) but I can remember (laughs) growing up, you know, feeling that a a woman or a girl needed to look a certain way in order to be beautiful. I can't imagine what it must be like for young girls today with all of the social media and all of the connection. I mean, we used to go to school and you would get teased a little bit and you got the messages on, you know, in the old days on our three Mm -hmm. television channels. But to get that message, in all seriousness, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, from so many different sources, I, I just can't even imagine what that's like for a young girl to be told. You're not enough. You're just not smart enough. Don't eat so much. Don't be so emotional. What is it like today for a young girl to get told all the time. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's like that's 
that's literally what social media is, is an algorithm designed to make us feel inadequate so that we, we stay hooked. That's exactly what it is. And, you know, the, the like button and the follow button themselves, um, I think, automatically make us feel inadequate. <laughs> yeah. Because we're, because I think a lot of people, it's become more common discourse to, to be able to talk about how we, you know, we all compare ourselves to other people's bodies um, on social media. I feel like that's become more talked about, which is good. But I think something we don't talk about as much is just how the app in general is made to make us feel badly about ourselves. Like I use my Instagram for business, so I don't really just follow many other people my age. It's mostly following food bloggers. But I still end up feeling badly every time I'm on there. And it's not even because of other people's bodies. It's because of um, comparing myself to other people's productivity or to their followers they're getting for their business, to everything. Mm -hmm. So my point is that I think it goes so deep, the comparison on social media, and it makes us feel like we're not enough in every facet of our lives, whether it's our body isn't perfect enough or we're not productive enough. I think during the pandemic, there's a lot of feeling on social media of seeing other people doing really incredible things or even traveling, um, <laughs> which is a whole other tangent I could go on, but people, you know, being really productive or something like that. And then you look at yourself and you're like, why am I not being productive? You know, why am I feeling so down? And I think it can disconnect us from ourselves. I think it takes us out of our bodies, out of our um, emotions and sort of numbs us. Um, so, you know, one of my biggest tips throughout the book, um, each chapter of the book is a different mood. So there's things like be afraid, be brave, be bossy, be mad. And in almost every chapter, I end up giving some sort of tip that's get off social media if you can. Mm -hmm. And even just taking, you know, an hour off social media a day or something, setting aside some time, I think it can help us reconnect with ourselves with, you know, literally feel our physical sensations, feel any emotions that come up. And that brings us into the moment. And I think just having these little points of connection with ourselves every day can have a really big impact because it, it breaks us out of that comparison mode um, and, and brings us sort of back into our bodies. What's so interesting about what you're saying, Sadie, I, I joked a few minutes ago about being slightly older than you, but, you know, you're in one generation, you're 18, I'm middle-aged, I'm in my, my 50s, and everything you just described is something that I and women of my age feel as well. So it's intergenerational, yes. and the thing that's important that I learned, because when I went through a lot of trauma and loss in my own life, and I would go on social media, I did exactly what you said. It, it would send me spiraling yeah. because I would, you know, you'd see everybody showcasing what I call their A game because nobody tells you anything yep. bad on social media. Yeah. So I'm looking yeah. at all of these families getting together when I just lost my family, or I'm looking mm. at all these, you know, hallmark moments thinking that everyone else has that and I don't. And like you said, it, it's not good for us to get into that comparison mode. We have to remember yeah. that's someone's A-game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the app leaves so much up to our self-control, which is like scary because I don't think I can control myself with it. You know, it's an addictive, it's designed to be addictive. And I think it leaves too much up to logic <laughs> that, mm -hmm. that we don't have because you can, we can tell ourselves like, you know, that's someone's A-game, that's not the real life. But it, But it even like... I feel like it sort of penetrates that even and, and goes into our subconscious. And 
even if we tell ourselves logically, this is not real life, it's just a facade everyone's putting out there, it still gets to us. So I'm, you know, I'm personally trying to figure out a way that I can use social media in my own life, just that feels better for me. But yeah, it's really hard. And I think especially during the pandemic, it's especially hard because nobody's talking about how we're really feeling during the pandemic on social media. Um, so I feel like more than ever, it's it's such a false representation of how we're all feeling. And I'm, you know, I'm <laughs> totally a perpetrator of this, you know, like posting about happy things in the book. And some days I feel really sad about, about the state of the world. So that's sort of the, you know, the idea of, us tuning into all of our different moods that's in whole girl is like how can we connect with ourselves on a daily basis and you know get in touch with the things that we're not we're not putting out there on the internet well you know we we always said that madison avenue manipulated the way we felt and it played into our insecurities and and like i was saying Mm -hmm. i can't even imagine the way social media and all of this messaging is playing into someone's insecurities. You mentioned the pandemic. You have a media platform. I'm sure you saw the same thing. Our numbers skyrocketed because we had a captive audience. And if someone isn't using the power of their platform for something that's going to be nurturing, Uh, if they're using it for the wrong purpose, it can cause uh so much destruction. Uh Yeah, yeah. And it can also cause I feel like also from like an entrepreneurial, you know, perspective, I've been feeling this during the pandemic is like, you also feel pressure that if you're not using your platform enough during this time, that that you're like doing something wrong or missing out. And it's, there's just so many, there's just so many feelings of what we should be doing constantly. And this is something I always struggle with is like, letting myself know that whatever I'm doing is enough in any given moment. And I think a lot of that, you know, feeling of inadequacy is the product of this social media age and this age of instancy and and just how we see everyone putting out there so much stuff, everyone progressing even during the pandemic, which is incredible. And like, I think there's a lot out there um, because we're all sharing so much of what we're doing, which has, you know, upsides as well, totally. But I think um, because we're seeing, sometimes it can cause comparison also, you know, seeing people like, wow, they're doing so much good stuff during the pandemic. Why am I not? And, you know, I've, I've tried to get better with myself at, you know, telling myself that whatever I'm doing in the moment is valid, even if I'm not productive, even if I'm not, you know, changing the world in any way at the moment, just like letting myself letting myself be okay in this moment with whatever I'm doing. I don't know if you've ever struggled with this too, but I think this is something that a lot of people have probably been feeling as well during the pandemic. Um, No, I I agree with you. No, like whatever you're doing is okay. (laughs) No, I absolutely agree with you. But, but you know, I think that the messaging, your book, whatever it is that you're doing, and it doesn't have to be anything grand. I mean, it's one person at a time. Yeah. Whatever it is you're doing, I think it's so important because I've been doing this for 11 years now, and, and one of the, the things that I always wanted to strive to do was to reach younger people, to tell them mm. that they're okay, and to give them the power that they already have, to show them what they have so that they don't get to be in their 40s and 50s and have to yeah. undo all of this stuff that is now governing their life and holding them back. Yeah, that's incredible. You mentioned the pandemic. 
What are some of the things that you're teaching your followers about navigating uncertainty and difficult times? Oh, that's a good question. So before I knew about the pandemic or anything, I wrote a chapter in the book called Be Unsure. Um, It's chapter five, I think page 65, if you have the book there. And um, Be Unsure talks about several things. For one, I got to interview the amazing Stephanie Beatrice, this incredible actress, um, about who's who's openly bisexual and a big activist. And I got her to talk about um, us being okay with uncertainty about our sexuality and embracing that uncertainty and not feeling pressure to label ourselves. And I also talked a bit about um, the sort of Zen practice I've read about um, from Eckhart Tolle and others about being getting okay with being uncertain about our futures and stuff. And I little did I know how relevant that would be. I was thinking a lot about how from a very young age, we're asked by, you know, adults and um, I think especially adults, but younger people too sometimes, what are you going to be when you grow up? What college do you want to go to? What do you want to major in? What, what do you want your job to be? You know, where are you going to grad school? And it can be really, really overwhelming. And I think that, you know, a lot of us have no idea what we want to do, but there's so much pressure to have it all figured out from like high school. I mean, in high school, they're already asking you what you're going to major in, which I think is mm-hmm. insane because it's impossible to know. Like I'm in college now. I just started as a freshman and I'm kind of shooting in the dark on my major. It's something I'm really interested in, but that could change. So in the chapter beyond sure, I wanted to let other girls know and boys that, um, you know, we don't have to have everything figured out. And there's something pretty magical about letting ourselves be okay with the uncertainty because things can arise that we never imagined because we were open. So that's what that chapter is all about. And, you know, now it just feels more relevant than ever because we don't know what tomorrow's going to be like. And I think the pandemic sort of made us all realize overnight, like, oh my God, we can't, we can't control basically anything. Like so much more is out of our control than we ever knew. I was having that conversation with a friend the other day, and we were talking about how we were asked, like you said, at 17, 18 years old to decide the rest of our lives. And when you're that age, you have no idea what you want to be doing. And and I think the message is, and and I share this with people, you know, everybody thinks life is A to Z and it's a straight line, but it's okay to start on one path and adjust the sails, go in a different direction. It's okay to change. You know, Mm -hmm. I reinvented myself in my 40s because I was on one particular path and it no longer served me for who I was Mm -hmm. at that point in life. So it's okay to start in one direction and make adjustments along the way. I love that. I think that's another thing that a lot of, you know, parents and other adults don't think about when they ask us these questions from a young age. So yeah, just I think not putting pressure on ourselves is is key. Is key because then we can start, you know, if we if we put pressure on ourselves, we can start feeling guilty or stuff. Like I know a lot of people in my class already as freshmen are like, shoot, I need to pick a major. I don't know what I want to do. And I, I always remind them and myself, like none of us know really what we want to do yet. <laughs> Even as freshmen, we don't have anything figured out. Let's just do our best to follow what we like right now. But and you know, there's also so much pressure in general, like in this job market. So I just, I, you know, I feel, I feel badly for my, my whole generation because this is just such a crazy time to navigate. Um, But yeah, I think that, 
you know, putting pressure on ourselves to have it all figured out makes it even makes it even harder for sure. Sadie, before we run out of time, you had mentioned earlier about how you got interested in the role of food in our life and, and supporting our health and well-being. And, you know, today, girls and, and women of any age, you know, yeah. we don't enjoy food without guilt or remorse or even self-loathing yeah. because we think that we're going to become fat or less than that image that's portrayed to us as a beautiful woman. So what do you mm-hmm. say to young girls today? How should they be looking at food? What is a healthy perspective for them to have? That's the big question. I think that it looks different for each person, but what I've noticed that's really helpful is sort of looking at food, and it's been helpful in my own life, is is looking at food as this fun, exciting new thing that can add to our lives and sort of trying to approach it that way in every facet of my life. So um, for me, that means baking desserts because for me, desserts are my favorite kind of food and eating them is eating them is superfluous. It's not Mm -hmm. a necessity in my life. It's just for fun. So for me, baking myself desserts and enjoying them is like this, it's this sort of process that, that makes food just a really joyful aspect of my life. So for me, it's baking, you know, for a lot of people, it's going to a farmer's market and picking out some really exciting new ingredients I've never heard of before and going home and cooking a meal with that. But I think whatever it is, try to find that part of your, you know, your being that food just sparks and like what kind of food does that. And then explore that and play around with new flavors and ingredients and textures. Try creating, you know, you can use other people's recipes, try creating your own recipes. But I think getting cooking in any in any fashion, even if it's one breakfast a week, just getting cooking can help us sort of get closer to the food and remove remove some of that, you know, guilt and shame around it. I don't think it's a, a panacea, but I think that it can sort of take us one step closer to embracing food as this more of a friend in our lives. The book is Whole Girl, Live Vibrantly, Love Your Entire Self, and Make Friends with Food. If you'd like to learn more about Sadie and her work, you can visit wholegirl.com. Sadie, in about 30 seconds, what's the takeaway? What would you like to leave our listeners with? What I would like to leave you with is that you're whole and complete right now. And, you know, in Whole Girl, we explore all of our moods, all parts of ourselves, and how to fuel them every day. So I hope you can check it out and thank you for listening. Sadie, thank you so much for joining us. Such an important message that you're sharing. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided is the opinion of our guest and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on our site, listen to past shows on demand, read the digital magazine, sign up for our mailing list, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in.